come with me, we're going on a fantastic cruise. Pick your destination with news tips and reviews. But here is an item you might not have thought of. All of the things under the water. Nature surrounds us with elegant features. You can't go on a cruise and not see the creatures. So let's make some magic. Let's get ecstatic. Instantly classic. Maybe romantic. The wildlife around you. Cinematic on your fantastic cruise. Bon Beanie, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Fantastic Cruising. I don't know. I'm trying. I was trying to do something different. I, I feel like that failed. You are Matt. I am Matt. That's and, right. And and you are Kimbra. I am Kimbra. That's right too. I am Kimbra. Hear me roar. Roar. <laughs> that was an awful roar. Maybe I should try again. Look, we got a fun podcast today for you. We get to talk to our friend Scott, who is the Professor Travel. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But first. Let's fill the people in on what's happening in our lives, which isn't a whole lot, really. No, we um we go to work. <laughs> we had Greek food tonight. Ooh, we were recording this good. on Friday. Went to a place called Acropolis and uh, had ouzo for the first time. And it was ouzo good. <laughs> yes, it was. Ouzo strong. It was, but it was. I'm happy we got it. Yeah, kind of a black licorice flavor. Yeah. So that's like, add that to the list of black licorice flavored drinks that I enjoy. And Saganaki. Yes, if you've never had Saganaki, it's it's flaming cheese. It's like they, they light the cheese on fire. And, and they, they say, oppa. Yes, and then they put it out with a lemon. And uh, it's like salty, burnt cheese. Not really burnt. Melty salty, cheese. Salty, like melted. But it's got like a crust... On it. And then and our, our ouzo was free. Yeah. Because we, I was like, our waitress was great. And so I, I felt comfortable and I, and I asked her, I said, how do people drink ouzo? I know it's a popular Greek drink and I've never experienced it. So how, how is that? How does that work? And she said, well, people usually just drink it like in a, in a shot, which I don't know if that's accurate from my Googling, but that's what she said. She works at the Greek place. So I'm, I'm guessing that she knows all the Greek things. Anyway, um, we got ours. We we sipped it. We enjoyed it. We didn't shoot it, okay? Because we just sipped it and savored the flavor. Savor the flavor. But then she came over to us like a minute later, and she's like, "Look, when I was getting your drink from the bar, the manager overheard me say that, and because you guys are the first ones to order ouzo since the Lightning won the Stanley Cup, which was like a week ago or something, wasn't it? It was just over the weekend. Last weekend. Yeah." So about a week ago. She said he is he is going to give shots to the entire restaurant, and so yours are now free. And boom, just like that, we had free Uzo. Yeah, and all we had to do was order Uzo. So if you're in the Tampa Bay area, Tampa specifically, or, or well, I mean, we're in Riverview technically, uh, Acropolis, it's a... It's a fine establishment with delicious food. I also had chicken shawarma. I, I've had Greek food lots of times, but I've never, I've never had shawarma. And you know, ever since it was in that Avengers movie or whatever, I've always been curious about it. So it was really good. I, I don't. It was delicious. And you had the chicken souffle. I had, no. It was pork. The pork flute souffle. Even better. Yeah, it was really good. I I've had souffle before. But it was chicken, so this was my first time having the pork, and 
I would get it again. You get the little pita with this like garlic, tzatziki, olive oil dip thing. There's like a free appetizer. Yeah, it's, I oh, I have man. no regrets about this meal. If I wasn't so meal. stuffed, I'd be hungry, getting hungry. Just I know. About it. We'll just listen to it later and then we'll go, then back. go back. <laughs> All right, well, here's what we're going to do. We, we've got a few emails. Thank you guys so much for sending in the emails. We the love emails the are, emails. Yeah, they're starting to come in a, with a little more frequency, so we really do appreciate that. Remember, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Drink. And, uh, and so we're going to read the emails and then we're going to do some more limericks because we got limericks. For we days. Got, for days, yes. We're still working off that first group of limericks that we wrote. We haven't had to write anymore, but we did get a limerick from one of our emailers as well. So uh, let's kick it off. Our first email is from Terry and John Brennan, and um, they're from Canada. Yeah. Canada's cool. Canada's literally and... Um, also... Cool. Yeah. You want to read this one? You want me to read this one? Um, It's up to you. What do you want? Um, I'll read this one. Okay. It says, Brown Pelican, Bon Beanie, Matt, and Kimbra, I just finished listening to your podcast on the 10 best foods to eat on a cruise. Mine was creme brulee until I had carnival melting cake. And I guess that was a conversion point for you there. <laughs> what I wanted to email about was our Royal Caribbean cruise on Freedom of the Seas in 2014. When we stopped at St. Thomas, we went to Sapphire Beach and Josh, then nine years old, and I snorkeled with the dive-bombing brown pelican. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's really cool. I've never, I'm not sure I've heard of Sapphire Beach either, uh, but it sounds amazing. And it's on St. Thomas, so I'm sure it is. After watching some of Shark Week, I'm convinced we would have been also swimming with the sharks because of the amount of fish in one area. Well, I mean, there are sharks... In the water. In the water. So that is certainly a, a possibility. P.S. I am one of the ones who stays past the end and listens to the cruise creature and whatever else you have going on. And this is from Terry specifically. It's it's from Terry and John, but Terry, I think, wrote it. So, Terry, thank you. And, uh, yeah, there's a little spoiler or secret giveaway for those of you that don't know. If you listen to the Fantastic Cruising podcast, past the end credits, there's always a little something-something for you. Sometimes it's just goofy. Sometimes it's just information. Sometimes it's a lot of fun. So uh, so definitely listen in for that at the end. So that was, our, that was our first one all the way from Vancouver Island, British Columbia, Canada. What do we got next? Next we have Mary Miller. The Mary Miller. Yes. She hasn't emailed us in a while. That's not true. She emailed us last week. I'm like, she sent <laughs> us a postcard. She, yeah, I mean... Back I'm, I'm just Mary trying Miller. to get more from Mary saying. Miller. She used to text me every Sunday. Stop. I'm just I'm just kidding, her. Mary. I'm just kidding. Mary, just ignore that. All right. Tell tell us what the email says. Um, it says, "Listening at work today and I laughed out loud several times. And I just saw Empire Strikes Back at the movies on Friday night with my sons Nick and Pat." She raised those boys well. <laughs> with four other people. So Matt's Han and Yoda references made me giggle a lot. My ex was on the Sky Princess when it first sailed last December, and I can bet money he didn't walk on, walk on the glass walkway. And the winters here aren't that bad. Kimbra, <laughs> you need to buck up. See? Hope you are all well. Tell her, Mary. <laughs> she 
well. That's what happens when you move to Florida. You get like your skin thins and suddenly 60 degrees is like scarf and parka weather. I, I'm it, not in that boat. I, I don't get that cold that easily. I'm sorry. I just don't like that cold weather. I didn't like it there and I, I don't, don't like, like it, it here. But I don't like it, but I, you know. <laughs> Anyway. Anyways, speaking speaking of uh, Mary, my my mom and stepdad are actually going to be in Indianapolis this weekend um, near the fashion mall. So if you oh. see them, <laughs> you won't know who they are, but tell them hi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then we got an email from our very own Mallory Pfeffer, and uh, it says food and limerick. So we're getting off to a good note right there. It Sounds says, like that's like a movie title. It does. It does. Food and limericks. Yeah, there's um, that movie with uh, Hugh Grant and um, Drew Barrymore. Called Mu- Food and Limericks? No, it's called Music and Lyrics, but it made oh. me think of, or this, Food and Limericks. We could be in our own then. Kimber and Matt, Food and Lyrics. Yeah. I'll be Hugh Grant. Food You'll and Limericks. you be Drew Barrymore. Okay. Okay, that works. I, I'm fine with that. I like Drew Barrymore. I like Hugh Grant. Cool. All right, so it says, uh, hi, Kimbra, hi, Matt. Oh, come on, Mallory. Don't you mean hi, Matt, hi, Kimbra? No. She knows what's up. (laughs) I enjoyed coming up with both the top ten list and limericks. Limericks were much more difficult, LOL. I gave it my best shot. And she also sent an email to fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Speaking of shots. Anyway, uh, number 10. This is our top 10 list. Number 10 is the chocolate strawberry swirl. Boom, 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 boom. We got a match, Mallory. It's a big deal when offered. Not 24-7 flavor choice. When you see it, you gotta get it. And yes, absolutely. Number 9, the Quattro Formaggio Pizza. Proud Wisconsin cheesehead here. I ask for extra gorgonzola. I also like that pizza. And you know what? I I don't. I've had that pizza, but extra gorgonzola makes me want to try it again. Like I didn't dislike it. I just like pepperoni a lot. But if I, I do like gorgonzola, I'm a gorgonzola fan. All right, number eight: bagel with cream cheese and prosciutto on top. Eat as open-faced sandwich as part of breakfast at the buffet. Well, that's a ding, ding, ding for you, yeah. right, Kimbra? I mean, Did you do the bagel part? No, I've only had it. I've only had the prosciutto, um, like for a before dinner snack. Okay, but mm. I like bagels. I like cream cheese. So, okay, sounds like my next cruise I like breakfast. All right, so the next one is uh, the caprese salad. Is it caprese or caprese? It's caprese, right? I say caprese. Whatever it is, Caprice, Caprizi, I don't know. Let us know. FantasticCruising at gmail.com. Take a shot. Let us know what it is. And uh, it's basically what it is, though, is mozzarella, mozzarella, tomato, and basil. So Basil or basil? Basil if it's the herb. Basil if it's the character John Cleese plays in Faulty Towers. <laughs> Number six, s'mores parfait dessert at the MDR. Mmm. That, I, like I don't this. think I've ever had that. I think I've had that. But I'm it pretty sure I've good. had that because I'm all about s'mores. So give me s'mores of that. That's what I would say to that. Uh, and then number five, the truffle fries at the Carnival Deli offered as a side. Yeah, I'm really glad that you put this because I totally forgot that was a thing. And that is one of my favorite things to get to. Okay, look. Truffle fries. I don't know if I've had the truffle fries at the deli. Oh, they're good. They have um, like a 
I don't remember which cruise it was on, but I went on a one of my cruises, and every day I got the meatball sandwich and truffle fries. Now, that, they must be legit truffle fries, because I've had legit truffle fries, which are, like, amazing, and I've had supposed truffle fries, which is, like, fries with some seasoning on it that they called truffle salt or something, and it, they were fine, but they weren't amazing. I don't think I've had these because it sounds like they're the real deal. They're and, good. Because I was about to say those are the, or the um, those are the uh, the uh, guys burger fries because I like the guys burger fries, but I I, I can't answer that because I don't think I've had these truffle fries that you speak of on the carnival. Interesting. Number four, chia seed pudding at the new Sea Day brunch, and she. Here's the thing about Mallory. She's given us the whole recipe for this as well. <laughs> it's coconut milk, seasonal fruits, banana, maybe odd texture to some people. She's even like giving you, you know, like Kimbra, for example. I love banana smoothies. Kimbra's like, I like the flavor. I don't like the texture. Yeah, they're slimy. I'm not familiar with this one. I haven't uh, I haven't noticed it on the menu, but... Um, I haven't had the new Sea Day Brunch. I, I have... I think I had it... But I didn't get the burger, and I don't remember seeing that. But I will be on the lookout for that next time. Oh, and here we go. Number three. So this answers, kind of answers my question, sort of. Because she has number three, guys' fries. So she's putting them above the truffle fries. But it's not just guys' fries. Plus cheese and sour cream on top from the blue iguana. See, this is this is what I call clever. Because she's, she's not just going to guys burgers and getting fries she's then going to the blue iguana and getting the mexican stuff to go with it i too have done that um i don't know if i've done it with the fries but i have mixed and matched things like the hot sauce and stuff very clever very uh very good very good i like that i'm gonna try that next time have you ever done that i've not but not yet not although yet. you don't like sour cream weirdo. i love sour cream you do yes oh you don't like um Whipped cream. No, I don't like whipped cream. Okay. (laughs) I was about to like really start to defend myself. I thought you didn't put sour cream on like your tacos and your burritos and such. I love sour cream. I put sour cream on everything. Do I even know you? I don't know. All right. Anyway, number three. No. Number two, the skillet cake at Sea Day Brunch. Normally, I prefer French toast, but these pancakes are absolute heaven. No butter or syrup needed with whipped ricotta Fruit preserve, vanilla crumble, and marshmallow fluff. I don't know. I'm not a pancake fan, but um, or or a French toast fan for that matter. But you know, I'd give it a shot. What do you What do you think about this one? Um, I usually go for French toast. Usually, when I see French toast or pancakes, I usually don't do pancakes. But but it sounds like she doesn't either. She goes. Yeah. This so actually, maybe you should try this. This actually sounds pretty good i mean anytime something has marshmallow fluff i'm usually willing to try it what's that marshmallow fluff there's like a brand of that isn't there like um like there's a fluffer fluffer people out there like it's blah 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 i don't i mean i just know like fluffer fluffer i don't know i I just know the same brand that like makes marshmallows makes marshmallow fluff same brand that makes marshmallow. Okay. All yeah, right. it's and, just yeah, the that makes sense. The regular marshmallows, but they make it in a <laughs> fluff jar. Fluff jar. <laughs> and number one is the creme brulee. So look, I have a lot in common with Mallory as well when it comes to the uh, appetizer 
the appetizer, the appetite, the food, the taste buds. And you do, too. I do. So, yeah. Interesting. Says her best one was on the Carnival Glory and the worst one was on the Royal Adventure of the Seas. I would be curious out there, those of you who have sailed on different lines and had the creme brulee, if you're a fan of the creme brulee, shoot us an email, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. And let me know if you've had this similar experience because I too have felt like the creme brulee on Carnival was far superior than the creme brulee I've had on Royal Caribbean. But I don't know if that's just my most recent Royal Caribbean experience or if or if that extends back to the past Royal Caribbean experiences. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think. And uh, yeah, so there we go. And then, and then we're on. So that's our top 10 list. Thank you so much, Mallory, for submitting that to us. And now we are on to uh, her limerick here, I believe, right? She's got three limericks. She has three limericks. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take turns reading these. How's that sound? Do you want to read the first one? Sure. I can read the first one. All right. I'm going on a scuba diving cruise. Giant stride into Caribbean blues. For once you go under, you'll soon be of wonder. It's the place you need fins and not shoes. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And for those of you who are not in the know, the giant stride is, is how you usually exit a boat when you're scuba diving. That's one giant foot out one whole leg out, and then you make sure that you take a long, giant stride so that your tank doesn't bang on the back of the boat and you safely go into the water. Here's the next one. Scuba life is the life for me. Diving trips are the best, can't you see? Two tank dives are just great. Back to port, you're not late. The rum punch is tasty as can be. Another diving limerick. Yeah. I like it. I like it. All right, you read the last one. Okay. I love the Caribbean reef, even though it has sharks with sharp teeth. (laughs) Yes, I would trust the shark, even when diving in the dark. Sharks can't trust us. Some eat them like beef. (laughs) That was great. A little shark conservation in there, too. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Mallory. And if you guys have limericks, please keep them coming. We want the limericks to start rolling. We want this to be the limerick podcast, the limerick cruising scuba podcast. That's that's our... And creatures. That's the goal. And creatures. Yes. Creatures are part of all that, I think. So, um, okay. And then, um, let's see. We got another email here. From this Tom. One, this one is from Tom. And Tom is from over in the UK. And Tom got the Starbug reference from a couple episodes back. And he says, as a big Red Dwarf fan from the UK, I would have been embarrassed if I didn't. He says he got the reference. Thanks for all the work you both put into the show. It's great. Cheers, Tom. Tom, thank you so much. Uh, that means a lot to us. I'm glad that we have Red Dwarf fans listening to the show, to the podcast. And uh, and I'm so glad that we have an international audience. We have Australia. We have England. We have, I'm assuming you still live in, in England. Well, you said the UK. That could be Ireland or Scotland or Wales, right? So somewhere over there. And we have Canada. And uh, yeah, if you listen from somewhere else in the world, let us know. Because we, we think that is really really neat and cool and inspiring to us it is really cool i i we do this like we're just regular people and we do this every week and then we see that like well i see that we have other people like listening to us from places super far away and i'm like huh 
I'm famous. Except I'm not famous. <laughs> famous. I'm just a person. I'm famous. But <laughs> stars just lit up in her eyes. <laughs> but it's it's really cool. It is cool. And it's very humbling. And and uh, when we look at our, there's a way you can check Podbean and see where your downloads are coming from. And it, it gives you a breakdown by by countries in the United States, by states, but um, and it, and it shows us like all the places in the world where it's been downloaded. It could be people who are traveling through. In some cases, I'm sure that's what it was, but uh, but we do have we do have some people in various parts of the world that listen to the podcast, and that is really really cool. Was that the last email? That yeah. was the last email. Okay, so there's our emails for this week, and um, now I don't know what do we want to do. We want to read. Um, Read a couple of our limericks we haven't done yet. Sure, let's go ahead and do some of ours. Okay, do you have one in mind, or do you want me um, to go? You can go first. I need to look through mine. Okay, I'm gonna just uh, I'm just gonna go for this one here. There was a shark swimming at sea, who was happy as any shark could be. When Kimra swam by, he got a glint in his eye, and now he's no longer hungry. Hmm. <laughs> I was gonna read a nice one. That was a nice one for the shark. Ha. <laughs> All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Oh, we will be brightly shining when we go to our specialty dining. My dress covered in glitter, your suit can't be fitter. The stars with you are aligning. Aw, that was a nice one. I know. All right, here's another one. Let's see. Here we go. On a cruise, once I heard a lady jest. She would put her idea of crude to the test. The bartender said, dear, lend me your ear. What you're looking for is called quest. Huh. <laughs> yeah. All right. You got another one? Yep, I've got another one. My first cruise was on Carnival Paradise. I loved it so much, I went twice. Grand Cayman, Cozumel. Yes, I visited hell. My <laughs> next time aboard will be thrice. Sorry, I, I threw you off there with my laugh. You did, I? but that's okay. That was a good one, though. That was a that was great. That was a great one. All right, we still have more of these, so you know, some some might say that there's a chance sometimes you hear these after the credits. That uh, might be the only way to hear some of these, and uh, we'll probably have some more coming up. Plus, like I said, we would love to hear from you guys. So send in your emails, send in your limericks, send in your Hellos and uh, fantasticcruising at gmail.com. Now, today in this episode, here's what we have for you guys. We actually got an email from our friend Scott, who is the Professor Travel. And uh, he said, hey, do you guys want to come on to our podcast? And we've been on his podcast before, but it was a lot of fun. And of course, we love his podcast. So we were like, heck yeah, we do. And then we were like, hey, Scott, you want to come on our podcast? He's been on ours before as well, but uh, we wanted to talk to Scott especially because Scott lives in California, and we don't. And he cruises. And he does cruise. Out of California. He travels all over, so he's very well-versed in traveling, uh, but he also loves to cruise, and he has cruised in California, and so we thought, huh, what a great way to learn about cruising in California and just a little bit about California itself. So 
we brought the Professor Travel onto our podcast, and that's the interview that is coming up in just a minute. Now, I also want to say um, you should definitely go check out the Professor Travel. Like I said, we've been on his, his podcast, but also he has lots of other great guests on there, lots of cool, interesting topics that they go over. So you can actually find him, and I'll We'll put all this in our show notes for this episode as well, but um, you can actually find him over on YouTube if you just search for The Professor Travel. Also, his podcast comes out on all the major podcast services, so uh, I think they come out on YouTube first, though, and yeah. then and then they come out a little bit later. Um, so just go to your favorite podcast venue and search for The Professor Travel, and uh, he also has... He also has other ways that you can follow him. He's even got a TikTok. Yeah, he's got right? TikTok and Instagram and a blog. And it's like, what, the blog spot or something? Um, and then we'll put the, he's, we'll put the he's link got a website, that. too, theprofessortravel.com. Yeah. yeah but, yeah, so he's, he's got all the things. All the stuff and all the things where we, we have Facebook. We have the Facebook, the Fantastic Cruising Community over on Facebook. Go over there and join. And we have our YouTube channel, Oh, yeah, Fantastic Studios, which, hey, there's been videos coming out over there. So make sure you go over there, check those out, give them a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, and, and check out Scott as well. So without further ado, here's our interview with the Professor Travel. Hey, Scott, how are you doing? Good to have you on. Oh, thank you so much, Kimber. How are you doing? Good, good. And I'm here too. So hello, Scott. Oh, hey, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as if people didn't know you were here. I know. I'm always here, right? But but anyway, uh, we brought Scott on today to to talk to him about something that we don't know all that much about. Which or is, like almost anything about. Right. It, which is kind of California and cruising out of California. I've never even been to California. Have you been to California? I've been to California. Where did you go in California? LA. LA, okay. And well, we Took a day and went to San Diego. Did you love LA? Did, were you like, I love LA? I love San Diego. <laughs> okay, San Diego's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard San Diego's like got the best weather in the world or something like that, right? That's like I mean, it perfect was, weather. It was amazing. Okay. Well, why are we talking about this? We've got Scott here, and Scott lives in <laughs> California, so he's hey. like, he's he's our he's our expert here. And uh, Scott, so you live in you live in the kind of Anaheim area is that what you're saying yeah I live in Orange County Orange County has about 30 different cities so I'm about four miles away from Disneyland so Woo. yeah so exactly so I so see I have an Orange County here in California you guys have an Orange County there in Florida <laughs> we have a Hollywood here you guys have a Hollywood there so I mean so there's we a basically lot of live in the same state it's mirrored. pretty much yeah there's a Don't lot of alligators no we do not but we do have like a lot of crazy people sometimes so I get it so. <laughs> all right so so um so here's the thing. You you have cruised out of California um, on multiple occasions? Or yes. How many? Okay. And I've cru I cruised um, at least three times out of California. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So there's different places you can leave from in California. Is that correct? Like there's different cruise ports that you can start your vacation on? Absolutely. And the three most common ones here in the Southern California area are going to be Kimbra, where you visited in San Diego. Um, plus, in as we get further up the coastline north, we'll have... Um, two that are almost connected right next to each other, which is the San Pedro area. Um, so San Pedro uh, port, as well as Long Beach, the port of Long Beach, which is where the Queen Mary is located at. And so that's a big one. Um, and then as you go further up the coastline, um, the other major port is San Francisco. Although you do have Monterey and Santa Barbara in between there as well. And those are all cruise ports. Yes, they are. Yep. So there's, there's really a lot of cruise ports, which is interesting because one of the things that we were looking 
at you know different places you can go from there and it seems like you either go to alaska you go north mm-hmm. to alaska or you go south to some places we're going to kind of talk about those um, or i guess you can go to hawaii um, yes and that that sounds amazing uh, but <laughs> but uh, but that's a lot of that's a lot of cruise ports which i guess i mean that makes sense because you're like a long stretch of a state where we're kind of a like a big loop of a state, but most of our cruise ports are on the East coast. The only one that's not is the one right here in Tampa. Yeah. So yeah. One of the things that's not commonly known is that we are actually the fifth largest economy in the entire world. We have a larger economy than the entire United Kingdom. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty savage as far as what we got going on here. So, yeah, I mean, we have like, as far as cruises go, um, which is, which again is one of those things you would think would be a little bit different because I know because of the certain maritime laws, you have to visit a foreign port. Right. Um, it, so that's really where the trick is. Um, so for those that are leaving, going north, sometimes they'll leave either from San Francisco or if they can go up to the Seattle, they go up from there into Vancouver. Um, with the Hawaii cruises, like you're talking about, several times those will either leave out of either the Los Angeles area or San Francisco hit uh hit hit hawaii and then go down to ensenada mexico so they there you got your foreign (laughs) port um but then the ones that i often go to here in southern california will leave out of long beach and san pedro heading to either ensenada or several other mexican ports that are down in that area okay and that's really what we want to focus on today uh that's that's an area i mean i'm interested in everything but that's that's (laughs) an area that i'm really interested in that i feel like i know less about because we've we've done some we've talked to people about alaska which sounds cool we've I've, you know i've researched that a lot more hawaii is like a whole other thing but um but i'm really intrigued by these ports now the, there's one though that that some ships stop at or they they have tenders or shuttles depending on the cruise line you're on that go over to that is still i guess an american territory and that's catalina island Yep, that's right off the coast here. I can literally see it every evening from from my from my from my coastline here. So it's really quite beautiful. Um, on a well, it has to be on a clear day. Obviously, we've had a little bit of air quality issues in California because of the fires, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really lovely. It's it's Catalina Island is actually not that large. It's probably about twenty miles across and about. I'd say four or five miles in width. Um, but yeah, you go over there, you tender out of Avalon, which is the main city there. And from there, uh, there there's a lot of different things to do. It's, it's a smaller community um, that's there. A lot of people uh, who live actually on Catalina Island will take the ferry from Catalina over to Long Beach um, or, uh, or Newport beach where those two ferries go, uh, have a suitcase with them and go to their local Costco, pick up their supplies and then go back over there rather than purchasing <laughs> the stuff from there because it's more expensive to purchase on the Island. So, but they do have a post office. They have a, they have a U.S. post office there. They have everything that you could possibly want when you're living there. Um, but there's so many fun things to do there. As I said, it's a smaller community. Uh, but one of the things I really liked when I visited there was, uh, they, I, I'm a foodie. And so they did the taste of Catalina and our tour guide was actually the uh, voice of Radio Catalina. And so he, you know, he's like, Hey, how are, how's everybody going? (laughs) And so it was, yeah, exactly. So he had the whole like radio voice and he's really, really cool guy. Great sense of humor. And so what we did was we did like, we went to about five or six different little eateries and we got little sampling sizes everywhere we went. So you got like a, 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 like a, clam chowder from here and a, and a little mini beer and then you go to this other place and you got like maybe some chocolate truffles and uh something and then you go over to this place and maybe you had like a, a 
a beer float or something like that. And so, so there's, yeah. And maybe you go to this little Mexican restaurant and they had, they give you like a little taco sampling or something like that. So there's lots of little places to eat. There are tons of, tons of, tons of fun things to do. That sounds good. I, I know about Catalina from listening to one of my old punk rock bands, the descendants had a song about <laughs> going to Catalina. So, and then, but I did, I never knew really what it, what it was. I knew it was an Island, but that's, that's all I knew about it. You know, one thing I want to share also, and this would be something that would very much interest you guys over at Fantastic Cruising at fantasticcruising.com, um, <laughs> would be to uh, take a drink. Uh, would be to <laughs> would be uh, when I was in the eighth grade, we had a field trip where we actually stayed a week in Catalina Island at oh. a place called Simi, which is the Catalina Island Marine Institute. And Ooh, so wow. that was where everything you could like. Th- they had these dorms there for these kids. You know, uh, they had. Uh, they have a population of bison that are actually on the islands that have populated. It was from an old movie that was in the 1920s. And since then they've been allowed to roam over the island. So you get a fairly sizable bison population <laughs> there, which cool. is kind of interesting. Um, I, had I wouldn't an, have I, guessed that if you were like, Matt, tell me the weird animal that lives on the <laughs> island. Bison would have been at the bottom of my list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like when, when I went to there, that was the first time I had an opportunity to snorkel. And we were surrounded by plankton. And it was just like this really interesting, very interesting moment for me in the eighth grade being able to snorkel for the first time. That's really cool. Now, speaking of snorkeling, let me ask you, because I know this from reading books and the internet, but I, but I haven't experienced it. So let me just verify with somebody that lives in California. My understanding is that the water temperature in California, even in the summertime, is cold. Cold, is that, is that yes. Accurate? Yeah, um, I, I don't understand how surfers do it. So uh, actually, I do <laughs> understand how they do it, because I mean, I used to surf when I was growing up. And so me and my best friend, we go to the beach all the time, and we would always have to get wetsuits in order to go in the water. And we're not talking about the mini wetsuits, we're talking about the thicker wetsuits. <laughs> right. Because um, the Pacific Ocean is co- surprisingly colder than the Atlantic, because I mean, you hear about all these, you know, like the Titanic and the icebergs and blah, blah, blah from the Atlantic Ocean, but we got Alaska on our side and it's much closer. So, <laughs> so yeah, we get, we get the cold snaps that come down from Alaska occasionally and we get the tropical air that comes up from Florida or from uh, Florida. No, that's where you guys are from, from, uh, <laughs> from, from South America and from Mexico. So, I mean, it's, it's an interesting mix, but yeah, the water itself is pretty cold. We do have a humpback migration that does happen quite often where the, they'll come down from Alaska. And if you're catching them at the just the right time during the year, you get to see humpback whales pop oh, up nice. and it's just really amazing. You see entire pods go by. There's flying fish. There's uh, the dolphins over on our side as well. It's just a really booming you know, community for a lot of the sea creatures in our area. That's really cool. That's yeah, really cool. I, I, I've I've researched it because we have a, a touch experience at the aquarium where we work, and it's it's all animals from like invertebrates from tide pools in California up to Alaska, and we keep that at fifty two degrees Fahrenheit, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know I just tell people and they they're like this is so cold. I'm like this is warm for most of California <laughs> in the summertime. Like San Francisco on up, this is as warm as it gets. I think Southern yeah. California you might hit like seventy two or something, which is what not our even. springs are. No, th- not even that. So yeah, yeah. Even even the Galapagos Islands, which are practically at the equator, the water's cold. Just the currents and then, like you said, you know, it's just it's just different. The the physics of the ocean, the oceanography is just different than the, in that part of the Pacific. So. Yeah, actually, back in 1983, we actually had uh, a, a phenomenon here in uh, California called El Nino, yes. which is the warm water that was coming up where the cold water was going under the surface. And that created such a tidal surge for us, at least in Southern California, where it actually destroyed 
our Huntington Beach Pier completely. There's actually pictures oh. of these huge tidal surges that just obliterated the entire pier. And so since then we've reconstructed with concrete, um, <laughs> but it's, 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 but to see those pictures, it's, it, it really is like, wow, that looks like a tsunami hit or it was crazy. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see all of that really unique history happen as it goes along through the process. Very cool. So Catalina, great food, lots of, of different food options. Snorkeling would be really interesting. That's one of the reasons I'm intrigued about this area is like, I know there's not coral over there because it's too cold, but there's other things that are really, really cool. Like bison. Like bison. Like bison. You, you probably won't see those <laughs> snorkeling. <laughs> they do I mean, have they do have like a little mini submarines and they do have huh. um glass bottom boats where you can go and take a look at all the stuff that goes on uh also a little fun fact too um are you familiar with a um type of gum called wrigley chewing gum yes yeah yeah so the wrigley family owned a majority of catalina island at one point and so the wrigley mansion is actually there uh they own a place called the casino which is or or, or well they used to own it obviously they they're past since a lot of them um but when you look at catalina island there's this huge like amphitheater right on the end of catalina island's avalon section and so it's now a movie theater primarily uh but it's that that was all owned by the wrigley family very neat. Oh, cool. Okay, that sounds pretty cool. Now, where where you're at, um, are you often by the coast itself? Like, yeah. Are you, okay. Are there I'm four, sea I'm, lions? I'm, the, I'm about two or three miles actually from the coastline okay. from where okay. I'm at. Yeah. Are there like sea lions and stuff where you're at? Like, do you see sea lions quite a bit? All the time, and they're always on the buoys, and they're always they're always barking at people as they get. You know, you don't, by the way, yeah, don't get close to a sea lion. Safety tip right there. Uh, we we were on we were on the coast. Uh, we went to Newport beach and there was a baby sea lion that came up and people are like, no, 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 don't touch it. You know, it's, it, it, they look cute, but man, they can get very vicious. So you gotta be very careful about that type of stuff. Know See, your safety people. You don't have alligators. You have sea lions. We have sea lions. That's right. Dangerous. Yeah. And there are some very perverted dolphins as well that are out there. That, so dolphins have that reputation. Yeah, they do. They're, they're fun, yeah. but they're men. One too many drinks in them and they can get really crazy with their blow. <laughs> All right, so you so you leave out. Well, let's actually start at that port then that you would leave sure. from. And, Absolutely. and if say you get there a day early or you stay a day before you you drive away or fly away, um, mm -hmm. what's some fun stuff, some neat stuff to do right there at that port that you would leave out of? So the question is, how are you going to get there? So most people will fly into LAX because LAX is one of the largest airports in the entire world. And so when you're coming down from LAX to Long Beach, there's a, there's a number of hotels that are right there uh, near the Long Beach port. Um, uh, you can stay actually on the Queen Mary itself and on the Queen, like the Queen Mary is amazing. It's got a huge history as we're getting towards the Halloween season. They have a huge ghost history as well, which is really <laughs> kind of crazy too. Um, but right outside the Queen Mary, there's also a, um, uh, a retired um, Soviet submarine, which is right there on the coast is right next to it. So that's also something that's cool to visit. But in terms of, for the fans of Fantastic Cruising, the uh, Long Beach Aquarium is right there. And that's a huge, really wonderful aquarium with a lot of wonderful wildlife. Uh, I don't know how it really compares to the Tampa Aquarium uh, where you're at, but man, it's, it's sizable. And I've that's seen the cool. Monterey Aquarium uh, and the Aquarium in the Pacific. And I think this is comparable to that. Very nice. Well, and I would tell people if you are interested in marine life and you're visiting different parts of the country, different parts of the world, definitely check out 
local aquariums, even if it's a small aquarium, because like if you go to a, a small aquarium in Florida, you're going to probably see predominantly Florida stuff. Where if you go to a small aquarium in California, you're probably going to see California stuff. If you go to a big aquarium, you're probably going to see maybe both, both California and other things, but, or you might just see really cool California stuff. So definitely worth checking out. Yes. I, I'm not super familiar with that aquarium, but I have heard a lot about it and I've heard. Is that the aquarium of things. the Pacific? Yes. No? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, well, I thought the Long Beach Aquarium with the Aquarium of the Pacific. I think they, I think they Long, use it. He said Long Beach Aquarium. I know he did, but I Googled Long Beach Aquarium and it said Aquarium of the Pacific. It's going to be one of the two. I'm, I'm, I'm always kind of curious where, where it is. So I, I don't know what the terminology is, but I've been to both that and as well as the Monterey Aquarium. So I, okay. I can sometimes cool. get those two confused. Uh, but for people who are just not coastal people for whatever reason, I get, I get, I don't know what's wrong with you, but <laughs> if you, yeah, we have this little place in California called Disneyland. Um, it's supposed to be pretty good. I've been there a couple, like thousand times. And so <laughs> it's, it's, it's really good. Uh, but right nearby, there's also another amusement park called Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, some people may be familiar with Knott's Berry uh, jellies and jams, which is a big thing as well. At least it's out here in California. Um, but it's, a, it's kind of a westernized theme park. Uh, so like old west type type stuff but they do have a lot of roller coasters there like much more intense stuff and then just north of los angeles there's a six flags there uh that's six flags magic mountain and so that's a really big one there too uh again we have uh universal studios hollywood which is another one right. especially yeah. that that's there too um we have our we have our own medieval times uh so there's like a lot of places that you can go and then like kimber was saying you know down in san diego depending on how far you want to drive uh there's a lot of things to do down there too or if you just want to stay up in los angeles for a little bit they you can go to all the different types of things that are up there you can go to the hollywood walk of fame uh you can see the hollywood sign you can see griffith park observatory if you're if you're especially in the nighttime it's really fantastic uh the getty museum is fantastic for those who are museum people there's the disney music hall if you're a music person i mean there's just oh my gosh there's so many different things and the food oh my gosh man the food in california <laughs> there's so many every possible type of food you can think of we got it here that's awesome. So basically what you're saying is there's something for everybody for sure when you're, when you're there. If you're going to be there at any extra time at all, no matter what you're into, you're going to find it in, in that part of the country, which makes sense. I mean, that is, you know. But now, one more quick question about that area, just because of, of my non-California um, image of California is that, that I don't ever want to drive in the Los Angeles area. Like I, I have this opinion or this, this image of, of going a mile and it taking like two hours to like, you could just walk and get there quicker. Is that, is that accurate or is that a little bit exaggerated? I, I, I know how you feel because I don't want to drive in Los Angeles either. So um, yeah, so <laughs> it's, it can get very trafficy in, in, especially as you get towards the airport, it can get crazy. They call it rush hour for a reason because you don't go anywhere. And so um, yeah, it, it, it is the, some of the world's worst traffic challenges are in the Los Angeles area, but they have been getting slightly better over the last few years. Uh, they've created newer freeways. Um, they've created alternative routes uh, so there's, there's a better, there's less congestion. Um, but I would say if you're uncomfortable with driving in this area, don't, especially if you're visiting, just either take an Uber or take a cab, probably an Uber or, or a Lyft is better, I think, or, or super shuttle from, from LAX down to um, the Long Beach area. Unless of course you want to rent a car, say for example, you want to have that day in Disneyland or something like that. And if that's the case, that's fine. You know, that's good. Just take your time. Don't, don't 
don't don't impact your time and say, okay, well, I have exactly eight hours to do this, and then I have to go here and do this because <laughs> because traffic will throw you off. You're absolutely right on that. Interesting. Okay. Well, look, Scott. Here's the thing: if we ever come out there, we're going to be calling the the Scott Uber. Right? Yep. Scott. That's me. <laughs> I will. I am your. I am your. I am your taxi driver. I will be. I will be there for you guys. Absolutely. Well, we, can, we can offer the same thing to you if you come to our our neck of the woods. So. Well, I appreciate. It. And by the way, um, just so you guys know, I'm traveling. Um, I'm due to travel out of the port of Long Beach, at least at the time of recording here, I'm doing the travel at the, out of Hopefully, the port of Long Beach yes. in December on the carnival panorama. And so if you guys want to come and join me, by all means, we would be more than happy to have you. I will be, I will be a great host for you guys and we will have a fun time. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. I don't think we're allowed to travel. No, I think our, uh, our place of work will not, uh, yeah. will not let us travel, but uh, I love that everyone's Sunday. inviting us to go with them. Mallory I know. Totally. Has invited us for January. We, got have, an invite for we have no shortage of cruises to go on. Yeah. So. If only everybody else would pay for those too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to. I want to. I want to definitely go on a cruise with your with your with your uh, with your listener Mary. She, you know, we both oh, share yeah. we both share the passion for princess cruises, and so I'm I'm yes. down with her on that. So absolutely, hi Mary, love you. So. Well, little little spoiler, which we haven't really discussed too much, but um, once things get back to quote unquote normal, uh, before this, well, kind of in the midst of all this going pear shaped. Uh, we will eventually do some sort of a group cruise. That's awesome. That's, that's going to be a thing that happens. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know where it's going to leave from. Probably I don't... being pushed back a little more than yeah, what we had yeah, originally and, and thought and we'll about. Try, we'll try and give people plenty of time in advance. So if you do want to go on that on that cruise, and of course, whenever we cruise, you know, we usually don't mind if people are cruising too. If yeah. it's not a group cruise, we may not hang out the whole time, but we may. You know, it just depends on yeah. on the. We like cruising with people. So, all right, let's get back to cruising down to Mexico. So, absolutely. Uh, so, your your stops after Catalina, if you're going south, yes. Are, the rest of them are pretty much all in Mexico. Is that is that accurate? Not entirely. It depends on how long your cruise is. So, for example, I may have a longer cruise where I may actually do a, a stop port on the way to Mexico to San Diego. Oh, okay. So that might be like a domestic port that they're going to stop for there and then move down but if say for example i have a cruise and the two major cruise lines that leave out of long beach are princess cruises as well as carnival and so both of those have a slightly different itinerary uh with carnival they'll do the three and four day cruises which will include um catalina on some and they won't include it on others if you're doing a three day they probably will skip catalina and go directly to ensenada at that point okay because they'll do they'll do like a day at ensenada a day at sea and then back or something like that. So, um, but if you have the four day, that's when they'll usually lump in Catalina at that point for the princess cruise, or I'm sorry uh, for princess. And now actually for the carnival panorama, they have the seven day cruises and the seven day cruises will take us down to Cabo San Lucas, Mazatlan and Puerto Vallarta as well. Very cool. Yeah. That's something we don't really get a lot of on this coast is domestic ports. Like you might go to Key West, um, but that's about it. Like I, occasionally something weird will happen, usually a storm or something, and, and they'll stop at uh, Cape Canaveral if they're coming from up, up north as a port. But um, usually that's it. Like people don't – we get foreign cruise ships occasionally that stop in Tampa as a, as a port of call, but um, we don't get like from the – leaving from the panhandle, they don't stop in Tampa uh, on the way down. So it's kind of interesting. I will say one other thing. Um, there are some cruises that will either be 
world-based cruises, like the extended ones that will occasionally stop in Long Beach. Um, there are also trans-Pacific cruises that you'll sometimes see. And those ones will usually start in, say, Long Beach or Los Angeles area, go to Hawaii, and then move, start to make their way down towards uh, like Tahiti, um, Bora Bora, those, those, uh, those areas, and then move their way either into Asia or into Australia in that wow. market. I want to be able to cruise like yeah, that. Let's I can think of worse places to be right now. So I'm just saying. Right, right. Okay, so so then if you head into Mexico, the, the first port that you will come to if you Ensenada. is Ensenada. And that's the yeah. one that you've you've been to Ensenada, correct? Twice, actually, yeah. Twice, okay. Yeah. Um, so the first time I went, uh, it was really more of an experience to try and figure out what Ensenada is about. And Ensenada is very distinctive when you go into the port because as you're heading into the port in the bay, there's a sunken ship that's partially submerged. So you see part of it sticking out of the water and it's just like, wow, that's really kind of, it must be like a diver's paradise just to be able to go in and kind of check it out. Um, but the first time I went there, I, uh, I went to, they took us on a tour of the area. Papa's and beer is like a huge thing in the Ensenada area. Um, so they have Papa's and beer plant. Um, they have uh, huge uh, shopping communities. They have an area called the blowhole, uh, which is a naturally formed um area where the water geysers up from the ocean uh through the through the local rocks there um that's kind of an interesting thing and when i went there i had an opportunity to see um um uh, native mexican americans uh, uh specifically aztec heritage uh doing different types of rituals and dancing mm -hmm. and things like that so that was kind of cool oh, the second yeah the second time i went there I actually decided to do a wine tasting, which you wouldn't think of when you get, think of Mexico. But Mexican wine? It's, um, Mexican wine. It was actually super tequila. amazing. Isn't that called tequila? Tequila is <laughs> a really big thing. But man, the vineyards down there, they had a corporate vineyard we went to, and then there was a family-owned vineyard that we went to, and both of which were just stunning. They were really, really good. The cost of a bottle of wine like for the, for the types I wanted to get were like, two to three dollars oh, for a bottle wow. of wine and they were really super amazing quality oh. <laughs> it was crazy. like if you really wanted like high high end you might pay like twelve dollars to twenty dollars wow okay and that was like super super high high end so i mean again the american dollar goes really really far when you're there but that's that's amazing. interesting because you know one of the things that i've noticed when you go to any of the caribbean ports or or the mexican ports central american ports is that they've they've got their economy boosted up for the tourists coming in. So you don't pay like if, if you were, I'm sure if you left those areas, things would be way cheaper. But if you were to buy say alcohol, yeah, you're not going to pay taxes on it or whatever, but the prices are not that much lower than they would be in the States. And you're like, I know that the economy is a lot, the dollar and the peso are a lot different, but it's different in Ensenada. It sounds like. I I have a story to tell about this one. So, okay. So we go on this wine tour and I am loving the wine that, that's, that's out of this family vineyard that's there. So I decided to buy two bottles of it. And when we're on the bus, the lady who's running the tour says, and we have a special gift for all of you. We're going to give everybody on this bus a free bottle of wine. And so my husband and myself, we both get additional bottles of wine. And there's a couple of people who didn't like the wine. They're like, do you want this? I'm like, oh, yes, absolutely. So we ended up coming away with 10 bottles of wine oh for like gosh. nothing. Sure. Now, again, we couldn't, we couldn't bring them all into the ship right away. So we had to, we had to check them into, you know, compartments. But, hey, that's the cheapest I've ever got wine. You're so not going to whine about that, right? Oh! 
Good one. Very nice. Don't, don't laugh at him. Don't oh, sorry. Matt. No. Bad Matt. Bad Matt. Okay. So, no, but it was it was a lot of fun. Um, after that, we got a chance to go through Ensenada, do a little bit of shopping, um, picked up a couple of really wonderful um, uh, uh, Mexican uh, uh, done artistry pieces. I picked up a plate that had tile work on it, and I picked up a skull, an actual a ceramic skull uh, for uh, Los... Uh, uh, the day of the dead. The dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and I thought that was really, really wonderful. It's a my. It's it's not. You can't see it here, where I have all my little <laughs> semi artifacts from the places I've been to. But uh, I have it out, and because I think it scares some of my people when I do podcasting, I have a skull sitting <laughs> right over my shoulder. So, yeah. So that's that. <laughs> uh, so so that's kind of cool. Now now here, this reminds me of another fact. I think I know about this kind of part of Mexico, which is technically Baja Mexico, right? That's like <laughs> yep. a peninsula. And when, so when we go to Mexico, we're basically in the Yucatan Peninsula, which is very, very tropical. You know, it's rainforest and, and or near rainforest. But Ensenada, is that more of a, of a desert in, ecosystem there? Or it is. is it, okay. That's yeah. In fact, when we were heading out to the wine tasting, uh, it was almost entirely desert. Although, you know, the cruise creatures that are in that area are things like, you know, especially when you get out into the water, they can be extremely dangerous. You get things like Portuguese man of wars and stuff like that. That can be where, where tendrils can be very, very long. You don't want to get anywhere near those things. Otherwise it could be fatal to you if, you, if you're not careful. So yeah, again, it's, but to, but to the, to the community though, like, yeah, it's a, it's a huge desert community. They do grow a lot of citrus there. Um, that, that seems to be a big play there as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful community. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's kind of another thing that appeals to me because I, I mean I love tropical environments. That's probably one of my favorites, but um, but I also very interested in desert desert ecosystems. And I was also really surprised that there's a lot of American expats that like go there to retire. Um, okay, yeah. I don't think I I think with if I understand correctly, you can't necessarily buy property in Mexico, but you can lease it for up to 99 years is the way it works. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, okay. you know, if that's where you want to retire, that's more than enough time. So yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a port that's in Mexico. That's a fairly new port for cruising, which is um, Costa Maya. And there's not a whole lot there, but um, I know there are some expats down there that have set up sort of, you know, resort areas and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. That doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> no, and in fact, and I just spoke with a friend of mine on one of my uh, podcasts. Uh, in fact, I just interviewed him the other day, and that'll go out just uh, prior to our podcast that we did earlier, um, where he just he had visited Portugal. Um, and I know I'm getting a little off topic here. He had just visited Portugal uh, about a year ago, and he said, you know what? I'm moving here. And so he literally just moved, and he talked to me about the whole process of of changing citizenship and how going over there and what that whole thing looked like. So interesting. very interesting. Yeah. It was a yeah. very fascinating discussion. Very cool. Yeah. We, we would love to move to one of the Caribbean. Islands. I, I was actually looking at um, <laughs> what it would take to move to Grand Cayman today. Lots of money. Wow. It, turns out it, it, takes, it takes lots of money and um, no visas. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. You and I, Kimberly, we're going to talk a little bit more off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love the good living grand. Oh, right. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, I, I spent a portion of my, of my day looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, after your after your podcast about the um, sugar cane juice, I'm really kind of interested to go to that place where that's at. Yeah. So oh, it's good. Uh, yeah. Man, 
I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be good, and and we wouldn't have even gotten it, but we were like we didn't want to get any alcohol because we had it was we'd already had a couple beers and it was still fairly early and we had to drive and stuff, so we're like, well, let's try this. This is weird. Like this is you can't find this at Publix. Let's try it. And thinking it'd be like, yeah, this tastes like hummingbird food or something like that. And no, it was so good. it was so good. <laughs> I was just surprised how good it was. So we're trying to figure out a place around here we can get it now. It's kind of like, a, if you think about it, it's kind of like a non-alcoholic rum, isn't it? Kind of. That's how that, isn't that I how mean, that works? I mean, they make, both think, from sugar cane. Yeah, they they make sugar cane, but it doesn't taste like rum. It just tastes like, I mean, it's, 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 it's not it's just sugar like water, but sweet it's sweet juice. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just, I don't know. I'll probably have it again. I'll be like, this isn't what I thought it, but it was green. It was green. And kind of like a muddy green. Like it yeah. looks like when you, when you're, Rinsing your paintbrushes off after you've been painting a bunch of different colors. Yeah, like that's what it looked like. You know, Matt, that does not sound entirely very appetizing now that you're mentioning it. <laughs> right? But but I would be very curious to try it though. So it was really good. And they do mix it with rum and stuff like that, which yeah. we, w- we would have done if if you know, like I said, the situation would have been a little different. And that makes me curious about that as well. I mean, we just have to go back to the keys. That's all there is to it. Bummer. What a shame. We have to go back to the keys. <laughs> oh no, the Jeez. horror of it all. <laughs> Five hours. What we could use this weekend. Uh, oh, so I'm just kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now I was looking at camera. Oh, come on, no. <laughs> so, so Ensenada sounds pretty cool. Now I know mm-hmm. that you probably haven't done any like underwater stuff there, but one of the other things I'm curious about, and and I don't know, maybe you notice this just going into port and stuff. Does the water seem like it's pretty clear? There? It is. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really nice. It's really sharp. It's they've got a good. I, I, it's not necessarily because they don't have a lot of. I mean. I mean let me, actually, let's let's make a comparison here. I wouldn't say it's as clear as something like the Caribbean. It's not like the crystal clear waters. You know, when you get into the Pacific, it's a much deeper ocean. So there's a lot of there's a, it's a lot darker. Uh, sometimes it's a greener color uh, over on our side. Um, but it's you know you have those tides that will pull stuff out, and so when it comes back, it's it's almost like recycled water at that point. So it's, it's much, I would say it's much clearer in the area in that area than it is when we get into like the um, Northern California and, and California areas. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Very cool. So anything else that you would say or recommend about Ensenada that you've experienced or that you noticed? I know, I know that some of our colleagues that were on the ship also did a horseback riding tour on the beach and it wasn't just like, you're not on a horse on the beach itself. There are actually horses in the water on the beach. So, (laughs) so the horses are like literally trotting along in the water and you know, that's something that a lot of people get a lot of enjoyment from. And I'm also told that the resorts, if you do go down to that area, the resorts are dirt cheap, like super, super, super inexpensive. So if you choose not to cruise down there, if you choose to fly down there, all inclusives are very, very inexpensive down in that area too. No, I think I know the answer to this, but because it seems like it's a very touristy area, um, is is it pretty safe in that area? Like, is it like is there? I would, a I would say like yeah, I would say like with any city that you go to, you know, there's good places and bad places, and uh, most of the touristy areas are, are are really super super safe. If you go on a cruise, they literally guide you everywhere like like you can't even leave <laughs> you can't even leave the area <laughs> unless they have like a like a like a, you're on a bus tour trip or if you're if you go through their uh like uh like checkpoint in order to get into the city itself but usually people are very friendly um so that's not an issue um 
but yeah, I haven't heard of a lot of major cartel crimes or anything like that. I think that's really a little bit more as you get into the areas that it touches Colombia, or if you get into like the border areas um, that are a little bit closer, like, uh, oh gosh, I, I don't even want to say any of the names of the, of the towns, but it's like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say Ensenada thrives on tourism. So I think the police are mindful of that and they want to make sure it's safe for the tourists that are in that area. I would, however, say that, you know, you don't want to necessarily like with any large city, you don't want to necessarily go out at night by yourself wearing like tons of gold jewelry around your neck, broadcasting, Hey, look at me. I got a lot of expendable income. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I'd say be, just be, just be wise, you know, go with crowds, you know, um, obviously if you're afraid of things like pickpocketing or something like that, and you should be, you know, and no matter where I go, whether it's Rome or whether it's Barcelona or whatever the case is, you want to be sure to like hide your valuables or just be careful about the way you're, you're doing that. Again, these are wonderful, wonderful places, but again, crime is crime is something that's pretty much everywhere. Um, uh, the question is what kind of crime is it something as right. something as simple as like pickpocketing are you afraid that your phone's going to be taken that's something that again that's uh, that's careful that you got to be careful of there um and then there's some kind sometimes there's um there, and it's not just in Sonata, but there are other places as well where there are there are tourist traps and uh things like that would be like if uh someone says hey let me offer to take your picture and they run off with your phone or right. vice versa where they say hey can you take my picture and you try to take the picture and all of a sudden oh wait the phone's not working and they're like you broke my phone now you gotta pay me for my phone and they'll call the police because the police are in on it so it's right. like okay well <laughs> so now so just be just be mindful just keep your valuables close to you be 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 cautious, travel in groups, make sure that if, if you book a tour, book it with a reputable company or book it through the cruise lines. They're very, they monitor those things very well. And if you shop at places, again, you can take your chances to shop at places that you want to go to. But if the cruise line is recommending places, those are sometimes the safest places to go to. Um, just because again, if word gets back to them that a lot of people are having problems with the shop, they won't recommend them. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And I, and I, and I always, I always hesitate to talk about crime in these areas because I don't want to paint these places up like they're, you know, dangerous, but there are cartel areas and things like that in Mexico. But yeah, usually that's the same on the other coast, like Playa del Carmen, Cancun, uh, Cozumel. Oh, Cancun, yeah. You know, that whole area is, is pretty, the government takes a lot of care to make sure that that area normally stays pretty free of crime because that's a huge boost to their economy and they want to protect that. And uh, I know when there is an incident, cause there were a couple of years ago or so there was, there were some incidents in, in like the Cancun area and a little bit of Playa del Carmen. And of course it was all over the news, but even that was really probably less probability than, you know, your average major city in the United States of, of violent crime and, and, and tourists weren't the target or anything like that. But uh, that's good to know. So, very, very cool. Now, I know you haven't gone to the other ports, um, but you have that cruise scheduled. Hopefully, I hope, I really hope that that you do get to go on that because we definitely want to get you back on here. Oh, absolutely! After I'd that love cruise, to. You can tell oh, us all about those, which um, it's Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta, is that how, am I saying that correctly? Puerto Vallarta, Vallarta. yeah, just like, Vallarta. just like Puerto Rico, it's Puerto okay. Vallarta, okay. Um, and spell, it's spelled Vallarta, yes, <laughs> so yes. um, there's Puerto Vallarta, there's Mazatlan, and there's yep. Cabo San Lucas, those are the, those are the three that are going down. Those further, are pretty so. close to each other, I'm looking at a map yeah. right now, those are pretty close to each other, and uh, those are the ones I hear a lot about as well, so very cool. 
yeah all right scott well listen thank you again for coming on the podcast we always like having you on and, and having conversations with you i'm sure it won't be the last time that you're on the podcast and someday someday we will have a conversation in person and i look forward to that day but yeah we've got to go to california now yes yeah yeah. Yeah, we're keeping the light on for you guys. So <laughs> we'll, we'll be there in a couple hours. Okay, great. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. You have a TARDIS? What? <laughs> no, t- time goes backwards when we go to California. Oh, that's true. That's true. We yeah, it shouldn't take you that long. If you time. leave now, you should be here by this morning. So there <laughs> <Right>. you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Scott, for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Well, it's always nice to talk to the Professor Travel. It is. I love talking to him. Um, So, all right. That was California, right? And he mentioned some creatures in that. So let's get right into our cruise creature for this one. Now, Scott mentioned sea lions. He mentioned humpback whales. He mentioned, uh, did he mention other things? I don't remember if you mentioned anything else. Um... But, but bison? Bison. Oh yeah, bison. That was that was weird. Yeah. That was maybe we should have done bison, but we're not. We're doing the humpback whale. So, what do we know about humpback whales, Kimbra? Um, they're really big. <laughs> How big are they? It's like a joke. <laughs> well, my can... humpback whale is so big. How big is it? <laughs> they can get up to 40 tons and 60 feet long. That's big. It's big. I think that qualifies. They're not the biggest whale. But they are a big whale. They're big. Really, really big. So that's, yeah, big animals. They are found all over the world in the oceans, not in lakes or rivers, typically. Although there have been some cases where they've been, like, stranded in those. I feel like I've seen some of that stuff recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been some weird stuff going on recently with them. But anyway, their population was nearly wiped out by the 1970s. Their population had been decimated. Like 95% of the whales had been killed. And it's it was mostly from hunting them, from whaling them. And uh, a couple things happened. One, the Endangered Species Act was passed in the early 70s. And then two, there was a moratorium put in effect in, in uh, most areas where the whales live in 1985. And that really, really, really helped them out. So, you know, at work and even on this podcast, sometimes we talk about endangered species and we talk about things like climate change and we talk about pollution. And it can be a real drag because you you hear about this stuff and it's it's usually humans that are at the fall at fault for it. And, you know, it's just like uh, I'm always concerned that I'm, I'm going to be giving people so much bad news that they're just going to throw their hands in the air like, well, forget it. We're just going to lose the whales or whatever. But the, the, the um, humpback whale is a good example of humans doing the right thing. And so we can make a difference. We can change these situations if we just follow the science. Look at the science. Let the science happen. Fund the science. And then we can find solutions to a lot of these problems. And that's what happened with the humpback whale. We figured out there's a problem. We That was an easy one as to what the problem was. 
we passed some laws, we educated people, we fixed the problem, and now most of the populations of humpback whale around the world are a species of least concern. And if you're going to be a species that's listed in any of the uh, uh, ways that we would list them, which that would be the best one you could get. You can't get any better than a species of least concern. means that we're not... We're really not that concerned about you. Now, they are still protected in some areas to make sure that we don't repeat the same mistakes that we've made in the past. But uh, yeah, so cool, right? This is a conservation success story. And yes, you hear a lot about these horrible conservation situations that are still happening or that have led to extinction. But there are a lot of conservation success stories. Humans cause a lot of problems. We all know that, not just with animals, but they also can fix a lot of problems. So, all right, so let's get more into the humpback whale. Uh, they get huge. They are kind of a dark gray, black, really more black than even dark gray, but they have white on them. Uh, depending on where they're from, the ones down south in the southern hemisphere tend to have more white on them. They can be on their pectoral fins, it can be on their bellies. Um, and some, if you look up pictures of humpback whales, if you see some of the animals that live in the Southern hemisphere, they are gorgeous, beautiful whales. Not that the Northern ones aren't, but I mean, look, they're really pretty <laughs> with, the, with the black and the white. They just, they're just really, really striking and, um, yeah, really cool. So what else do we know about humpback whales? Um, they have baleen's teeth. Baleen, 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 baleen. That's how I'm going to filter out you krill. Right? That's how that goes, right? I mean, it could. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about baleen. What do you know about baleen? Um, baleen are like these filter teeth thing. <laughs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> they're they're more like they are in the place of teeth, but they're more like hair. Yeah. Well, that's why I said filter teeth. Filter teeth. Yeah. They're hair teeth. That's okay. Get that image in your head. Look at that whale over there. It's got really hairy teeth. <laughs> it's gross. That is gross. Needs a toothpick. Yeah, they're they're like long strands of of uh, fibrous material. They actually are made of keratin, which is what hair and and skin is made of not teeth, but uh, but they are in where the teeth would go. And they basically the way they work, if you've seen Finding Nemo, is uh, they they open that mouth, they swallow a bunch of water that has usually krill in it, or could be fish as well. And they can eat thousands of pounds of food in a day, um, like three thousand pounds of food per day. That's a lot of krill. And then what they do is they don't want all that water, so they close their baleen, and then they push the water, and the water goes through those hair-like baleen, but the krill or fish or whatever they're eating, they're big enough that they, they get filtered out. So they get strained out, and then the whale just literally licks all that food off the back of the baleen and swallows it. So I, I read a really cool like kind of process that some of these whales use called a bubble net. Yeah. Did you did you figure out what that means? Yeah, so they they do all these like bubble things, bubbles and stuff to corral 
the the krill and creatures into like an area and then they like jump up out of the water to them and like grab them all in their mouth yeah they kind of they corral them exactly what they do so next time you're feeling a little gassy and you're in the water Somebody's like, gross, what are you doing? Just say, I'm making a bubble net. I'm just trying to eat. <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, no, but that, that is cool. And, and the other thing, I don't know if you saw this part, but um, different populations of humpback whales. Do it differently. Yes, they yeah. do. And so it seems to be a, a taught and learned behavior, which is it just kind of goes to show you the intelligence of these mammals. We know that some of the other cetaceans, you know, some of the dolphins and things, we know they're really intelligent. Well, these large whales are are fairly intelligent as well. Anything else that you learned about the humpback whale? Um, I think those, I didn't, I didn't read as much as you did. Um, I know that they're big and they have baleen and they make Baleen, 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 baleen. If Dolly Parton, I know this won't happen, but if she ever listens to this podcast, please make that song. Or Weird Al. Neither one. Anyway. um, (laughs) And then you have to come on this podcast. Yeah, there you go. Does anybody know that? Anyway. uh, (laughs) I would, I would, that would be so cool. Right? Now, uh, another thing they do is migrate. They can swim like 5,000 miles I would swim 5,000 miles and I would swim 5,000 more. Is this a karaoke podcast? It's becoming that. (laughs) And they do this because they're following the food and they're also trying to get into different areas for different activities, like getting a little hanky-panky. We've never seen the whales doing the thing, doing their do, but we suspect we know when it's happening because the males get a little physical. Let's get Physical, physical, and uh, and they jump up and down in the water, and they sometimes even injure other whales. They they sing complex songs they for do. hours that yes. can be heard twenty miles away, and even further if you're deeper underwater. Like, I'm hooked. I'm going to swim 20 miles. Don't say hooked. To... Oh, what no. You, what's wrong with you? I'm, I'm, I don't know. I can't think of a word. I'm. You're finished. <laughs> now, whales, whales are mammals. We should say that uh, for those of you that don't oh, yeah. know. And that means that they are air breathers. They have lungs, so they don't have gills. They can dive and hold their breath, but they have to come up and breathe. And they don't breathe through their mouths. Um, They breathe through their nostrils, which are basically their blowholes. And so one of the things that I think most people know that, but something that I think a lot of people don't realize is that whales and dolphins don't have a blowhole. They have blow holes it's it's two it's their nostrils everything you know moves around through evolution so that's basically what that is it's their nose holes and it's they're just very condensed and on the top of their body so um when they exhale inhale it's going through that thing that's kind of on their back or the back of their head however you want to look at it pretty cool have you ever seen a humpback whale i have never seen a whale i've seen dolphin species i've seen i've seen i've seen like beluga whales but those are not really whales um i've seen 
orcas, but again, killer whales are not whales. They're actually Have dolphins. Have you seen those in the wild or just like at no. zoos? No. The only cetaceans that I have seen in the wild are Atlantic bottlenose dolphins. That's it. Well, then we're the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's, the, that's it. That's all I've seen. And unfortunately, um, usually that's all you see in Florida. In, unless you, maybe if you're way out, you might see something different or you're, you know, doing rescues or something. There are sometimes whales in Florida. I think they can be on the Gulf Coast, but they're more common on the Atlantic side. And there are places where you can go whale watching, I think, especially around like Jacksonville. The right time of the year, it's not the ideal place to do whale watching, but um, it is a possibility. But if you're over in Cali, uh, it's a much more common occurrence. Okay. Well, then we're going to go figure out where to do that. Okay. Or just go like on an Alaskan cruise. Okay. Or go <laughs> see Scott in California. Okay. I'm good with all those. Okay, then let's do them all. All right. All right. Well, I think it's time Did to... Did you say whale? <laughs> whale. Whale, whale. Whale, whale, whale. Whale... I think it's time to end this podcast and head for the horizon. And until next time, seize the day. Have a fantastic week, everybody. All right, thank you guys for listening in past the credits. If you're new here, welcome. And uh, you are in luck because the last few episodes, couple episodes, this is the few of the couple. Anyway, this is the third one. And uh, we've been doing our extra limericks. So if you're a fan of our limericks, then you're in luck. If you're not a fan of our limericks, then you should probably stop this podcast right now because you're going to get a couple extra limericks coming at you. Kimber, are you ready or do you want me to go? I'm going to let you go first. Okay, I am ready. So many breakfast options on the Lido to delight every taste bud and neato. Endless bacon, they say, even omelet your way, but nothing can beat the burrito. That was fantastic. (laughs) So I'm going to do one that is not really about cruising. Okay. I came up with when, like, it was one of my first ones when I was trying to get the hang of limericks, but I'm still going to do it. Okay, go for it. There once was a man called Matt. He always wore his hat. He bought a new one to shield out the sun and said, well, look at that. (laughs) Very accurate, too.